Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Sticks and Stones podcast, where I talk about all things related to business, social media, and a splice of life improvement. My name is Stone Fredrickson, the host of the show, and I thank you so much for tuning in because this episode, I'm so freaking hyped to get out to you. I'm not the one interviewing someone or having a, a guest on the show. I'm the one being the guest. I'm the one being interviewed, but my good friend Eden, his little intro is better people, better parents, better world. Eden is a teacher. He's a content creator committed to to raising the next generation of, of magical human beings. After graduating high school from one of the most elite universities in the world, he's depressed and unemployed. Uh, so he sought after to answer the question, what is a meaningful life and how do you create it? His journey has taken him deep into the intersection of spirituality, education, and parenting. And he talks about all of that on his TikTok, which I'll link down below. I highly recommend every single one of you to go check him out. But he basically invited me on to, to chat about life, uh, the educational system, success, and I am more than grateful to be on, on the show and, and really talk about some of these things that, that we went over and I think it will provide a lot of you value, regardless of where you're at, whether you're 14, 15, 16 years old, or you're 40, 50, or 60 years old. I think there's a lot of wisdom, there's a lot of life lessons in this podcast, and there's a lot of maybe hot takes when it comes to, like I said, the educational system, depression, success, happiness, money, business. So I'm so excited for you to listen in and to get a feel of my story and where I'm at, what I do, what I've done, what I believe in, my values, and what I would say to my younger self and what I would say to a lot of kids in, in, in high school because we did this for the intent to help young teenagers and young adults. But again, I think regardless of what age you're at, you can, you can definitely find value out of this episode. So I appreciate you tuning in. All I ask from you is to not only to stay tuned for the entire episode because it's jam-packed with value, but to just share it with one person, to get it out to more people. That's all I'm asking. Just one person, copy the link, send it to one person, or tell someone about it. It would mean the world to me because I'm, I'm fully confident in the value that I provide in my episodes, and I love doing them, and I would love for other people to tune in and yeah get the episodes out to more people so i appreciate you tuning in and uh hope you enjoy before we dive in i just wanted to say that in some parts of this episode there are some technical difficulties it seems as if i'm talking over eden but that's not the case just the audio is really not synced up and there's really nothing we can do about it so i apologize that the experience isn't tip-top shape however you know the value and the audio is still pretty good other than that so without further ado I apologize, but let's dive in. I think whatever we're going to get out of this conversation, my students will, it will benefit their lives tremendously because like set it up a little bit as well. I go in and, you know, I'm a sub and they basically need a teacher for most likely the rest of the year. So I go in, I'm like guns blazing, like, all right, guys, like we need to reorient your perception of yourself and your time here. And so, you know, I'm teaching about assets, liabilities, mindset, purpose, meaning. And the biggest thing I get is just this veil of apathy. Like I don't care enough about my own life to listen to you. And now I completely open the space for the fact that I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm just trying things out, right? But consistently in the school, teachers unanimously agree that there's this kind of apathy in teenagers. So my goal for this is to puncture that with you as an example. 
And uh, and that being said, I want you to take me back, like when you were in high school, before you started doing TikTok, like what kind of person were you and what precipitated the transition to someone who is making money, who's, you know, consistent, um, who keeps his word? Yeah, like, so um, what precipitated kind that of backtrack? Uh, I, I was basically a normal kid all my life, all the way up to freshman year, like played travel hockey six, seven times a week played video games, went to school. That was about it. That was, that was basically all my life. Didn't really have a big social life because I was so committed in hockey. But then freshman year, I got three hernias, stopped playing mm -hmm. ho travel hockey at least because I just I just couldn't keep up with the pace and the traveling and all that. And then rotating to sophomore year was like the real like high school vibe. I was doing all the high school stuff, just hanging out with friends. I started playing football, high school fo football, high school hockey, um, and really started to build a lot of friendships in high school. And then fast forward to sophomore year, sophomore year to junior year, that's when COVID happened. And then, you know, so that summer, uh, it was like summer of 2020. It was just like pretty much, it was fun for us because it was just, we could do anything that we wanted anytime. And, but then, you know, everyone got really scared. And then there was this element of like not talking to each other, not going over each other's houses, et cetera. And then eventually, I don't know what happened. I think it was... Uh, I think it was um, so during that summer, I would be golfing with my brothers and my dad like all the time. And I really enjoyed that. That was like, like my best, like my favorite thing to do. And then eventually I was just like, you know, after just not being social with my friends and everything like that, I was like, okay, I need to change something about my life. Like why, why am I all of a sudden like really frustrated or mad or disliking this person or this person or this activity or this subject, whatever it is. And then I was like, Oh, because I'm not really doing, you know, golf and the things that I love anymore. And then I really evaluated that scenario and why I wasn't doing those things. And it kind of rooted to money and freedom. And that's how I got really obsessed with money, but and and building wealth because and then I really saw my dad working his ass off on the couch during COVID. And I was like, that's this is terrible. He shouldn't be working. I should be working. He should be living his dream life like at the age that he's at. And I should be working and I didn't have a job at the time. So I was like, okay, I need to figure out a way to make money to provide not only for him and maybe retire him, but also so that way I could continue to doing the things that I want to do. And then I really realized that money controls your life. And it didn't really control my life at the time. I mean, I was still in high school. My, my parents still provided for me. But I really realized that if it wasn't for my parents providing for me and giving me that money, then I would be completely broke. I would I didn't know what to do. So I kind of used this time to get a little head start. And then I saw that every basically wealthy person was big in real estate. So I got big in real estate, but realized that you need to be over 18 and have a lot of money. And then that's when I came across e-commerce and drop shipping. Did that for the first semester of my junior year. And at this time, like I X'd out basically all my friends because I was just so sick and tired of the popularity contest. I was so sick and tired of pleasing this person, pleasing that person, getting this person to like me, getting paying for this person because they didn't have enough money. That like just I was just so sick and tired of it. And so I literally like deleted all my socials for just a month. And went really hard into this thing because I was just like so focused in like making my parents proud. And then obviously like 
I didn't have that sports. Like I, when I played travel hockey, I mean, we were really good. So I didn't really have that anymore. So I was like trying to figure out my shtick that I was like really good at. And um, that's when I got really obsessed with e-commerce and drop shipping and Amazon FBA, all those side hustles. But you know, I, I lost all those friendships and connections and I was doing online school. So that was really like depressing for me. And then I really saw that like, I really lost that, that circle. And that kind of made me go 10 times harder into what I was doing. But then my grades were significantly decreasing. I got like C's and my parents were like, all right, this e-commerce thing isn't like producing any money. You're kind of losing money um, and your grades are suffering. So why don't you focus on your grades? And I saw it as like a pro. I was like, okay, yeah, they're right. I tried this thing for like six months. It wasn't working. Plus, I need to get my good uh, my grades good because I didn't know if I was going to go to college or not. I wanted to go. I, I didn't want to go to college. But like I needed to get my yeah I was a junior but I needed I needed you, you like the security to be able to go to college and give okay. me give myself a choice plus I wanted to learn more about money and like just like personal finance of yeah. it and like wealth and investing so I saw that as like a win win like stop doing this e commerce thing focus on like making money and building wealth and things like that and then and then improve my grades a little bit to give me my, give me that that choice. So from like January of like 2021 to like April, that's what I was doing. I was just focusing on grades. And then I, every single day, I mean, I was, you know, I'd play video games here and there, but like, I was more focused on like, what is money? How do you make money? How do you easily make money? What is this business? What is that business? What does stocks do? What does crypto do? Crypto do? You know, just, I was learning everything, anything I can get my hands on. I was learning it. Uh, and then when I went back to school for a few days and then I got quarantined, that's old different story. But when I went back to, to school, I would sit at the lunch table and I'd hear my the conversations that my friends would have of like, Oh, where do we go to eat? You know, we should go out to eat here after school or, you know, get this Starbucks drink or buy this sneakers or this shoes. And me, my frugal self, I'm like, that's like forks on a chart, you know, on a chalkboard. I was just like, mm. but yeah. from the e-commerce and the, the, the business entrepreneurial yeah. side of me, I really, developed the problem solving skill. And that's one thing that I, I think looking back at just in terms of math, it taught very well was it wasn't the, the necessary the equations that you needed to learn, but more importantly, like the problem solving skill behind it. And I wish they would have told us that really more or at least kind of revealed that and looking back at it, I, I wish we would be solving different problems rather than y equals mx plus b. But that's a whole different story. Anyways, I got the problem solving kind of bug and, and skill developed in me. And I saw that there was a huge problem with financial literacy uh, or, you know, and, and financial, un, you know, education that they didn't have. But I but I did. And rather than being like the know it all at the lunch table saying invest into index funds, invest into that, save your money, da, da, da. I was like, I'm just going to post YouTube videos for them to have it. I'm not going to tell them because I was so insecure and fearful of what they would think of me. So. I just posted YouTube videos, posted like 10 or 12. And then I was like, screw this. Cause my biggest one had like 10 video or 10 views. And I was like, I, I can't do this. But another kid at my school, a, a senior was like, dude, you have an amazing yeah. value on your YouTube. You're just on the wrong platform. You need to get on TikTok." And he had TikTok, and he had like 500,000 followers and he kind of gave me the gist. And so I, but I was so insecure of getting on TikTok because all my friends were on it and I knew that they would see me and, and judge me. But I knew that this problem was more important than that judgment or that thought of what they would, yeah. they would judge me and, and how they would feel and my fears and insecurities. So I made the decision to, to post three times a day for six months straight. 
And within like two weeks, I grew like five, 10,000 followers. I was, I was blowing up pretty well. I, I think one video got like 200,000 views, got a lot of good feedback, got a lot of bad feedback, but I just kept rolling with it. And especially I was online school, so I wasn't around my friends, you know, or the people that I knew that often. So it was kind of like a win-win. And, and so that led into that summer, grew that to like 50,000 followers in less than two months. And then I got a job and documented that side of it and how I was investing that money. And all my coworkers were like big fitness gym nerds. And I was like, dude, you guys can make, be making TikToks, making a lot of money, this and that. And I was telling my friends that as well, because they were all seeing my success on the platform. But then I realized I was being the, the exact person that I didn't want to be in the finance niche, the, the know-it-all, do this, do that. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to start another account just as like a resource for them uh, because I was getting asked a lot, like, how did you do that? How did you do that? I could just point them to my other account, Coach Stone. So I started that account with just the sole intent of just helping my coworkers and friends and then built that to 100,000 followers in less than two months. And then August of 20, I think it was 2022, 20, no, no, 2021, I turned 18, started my social media agency called Stone Media. After doing that for about four to five months, I quickly scaled that up to making like five figures a month and then realized that I didn't need my minimum wage job anymore. So I quit my minimum wage job and then quickly started to scale that even more and then realized that I didn't even know, need to go to college. And I basically showed my parents my bank statement and they were like, yeah, do what you want. And then we're here now just building, building all three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then you just got back from St. John. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, that's an amazing trajectory, dude. Something I noticed immediately was that um, part of the motivation, part of what precipitated the shift is you looking at your dad and being like, okay, like this man who has provided so much for me, who's I'm assuming like, you know, anywhere yeah. from 50 to 60 years old, he shouldn't be working this hard. And so I noticed that particularly because when I explore all the different online entrepreneurs that have a lot of online presence, the young ones at least, consistently I see paying off their parents' mortgage, um, providing their mothers and fathers what they never had, that being like a consistent motivation across all, I mean, most of these entrepreneurs. Would you say that that was a big one or your transition was kind of a bunch of um, fortunate events piling together. Yeah. Like, is there a single motivator that ran through the entire thing? Yeah. Or that uh, that definitely played COVID, a part. Because I kind friends, of wanted to prove my friends you know, wrong. Like, and and I view I view high school as this like popularity okay. bubble. And there are some kids that are outside of that bubble and they try to get in, but that popularity bubble is like, uh, mm -hmm. no, we're not going to give you too much attention. Mm -hmm. You know, like you're not cool enough. You don't look good enough. Like. It was, and, and, and for a while yeah. I was in that popularity bubble and I was doing pretty good, yeah. but you know, COVID, COVID happened. I got X'd out of that popularity bubble. <laughs> I tried to go back in, they wouldn't let me in. And that kind of pissed me off. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to prove you guys something wrong. And there's something wrong with this, this popularity bubble. And mm. I realized that it was, you know, a popularity contest. It was, you know, a bunch of them just trying to impress themselves and comparing mm -hmm. themselves and posting their highlights on social media and then other people comparing those highlights to their lows. And it, the whole, the whole situation was just screwed up. And so I was like, you know what, they're not going to allow me back into this popularity bubble. Why don't I just develop my own or just pop it? And, you know, that's it, like, that wasn't my, that wasn't my intent, but looking back at it, that's kind of how I view it. And that's what I did. 
and they it, it kind of forced them to look and, and analyze just, what I was doing. However, the biggest motive besides that was definitely my dad because my dad is my hero. I mean that he, he works he works his ass off, and he it was just so fun like yeah. having those golf you know rounds and and then him having to go back to work and I realized that like we couldn't do that golf you know those golf rounds anymore. I mean we were doing a couple a week. <laughs> And I realized that we couldn't do that anymore because of money, because he had to work to to make money. And then at the time, I didn't work. I didn't have any any jobs or anything like that. And he was giving me an allowance or he would give me money for gas or food situations, whatever that case, whatever the case may be. And I switched my my mindset into viewing dollars as time. And so every single time he would give me thirty dollars. I was taking away 45 minutes of his time or 30 minutes of his time or an hour of his time. And I was like, screw this, put this, you know, keep this for you. I'm going to put myself in a situation to give you money, to give you time. Mm -hmm. Um, And I viewed that same with me because I was spending my money on stupid shit. I was was a victim of buying fast food every day and buying the new hat and buying the new clothes and buying the new shoes when I didn't need them. And so that was another perspective switch switch I had was like, instead of buying something because yeah. I wanted it, only buy things that I need. And once I started doing that, like once I was like, oh, I, you know, because mm-hmm. sometimes your your brain plays tricks on you. And it's like, oh, I need this. It's like, you don't need it. You want it. And, you know, so that was a little perspective switch. But yeah, that was a big, yeah. my dad was definitely a big motive for me. And, uh, you know, obviously I wanted to make them proud too. So, yeah. Right. And so... Building on that, like, I think everything you just said, you could probably find traces of everything you just said in every high school student. So why did you take action? Like, yeah. why did you yes. actually do something about all of so those? So the, the big thing the was I, I, and, I uh, uh, there's about three yeah. or four months where I was just learning a bunch of stuff about e-commerce and drop shipping and watching a bunch of YouTube videos. And then I came across Correct. the term analysis paralysis. Yeah. When you get in this state of just you thinking that you need more information and more information. And I was like, oh, I think I'm in this. And then after just watching so many different people and the right mm-hmm. people and uh, even my dad saying like, you just need to start, like you just need, you, you, you can't be afraid to suck because you need to suck to be good at something. And so that's when I was like, okay, I'm just going to pick a product and just yeah. try to sell it. Like, and that's what I did. And I failed and then I pick another product and then I failed and then I pick another product and I failed and I tried another business model and I failed and I, and I just kept learning, kept learning, kept learning. And you know, I did it, I did it under like, yeah a couple hundred dollars, a few thousand dollars, which is, I mean, not a lot of money. If you, if you just save up your birthday money and Christmas money over the past, you know, 10 or so years, like you can definitely do it, uh, or get a minimum wage job and, and, you know, invest your monthly salary. Like, yeah, it's, it's not a, a lot of money. It's just a lot of kids. They, they view the, the opportunity costs of investing that money into themselves or, you know, like I really realized this, they're like, Oh, well that's, you 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 spent two thousand dollars on all those business models, man. You could be spending that two thousand dollars on on new shoes, on new this, on new that, on partying, on doing this. And it's just like it comes down to like what you truly value. And I think a lot of a lot of kids and this was really this was really frustrating to me because I saw so much potential in a lot of my friends and a lot of my kid and a lot of my like teenager kind of homies that I was with, but they they tried to impress so many people. Uh, and try to get them to to be friends with them when they could have just done what they truly were good at and truly loved. 
But also it was just it was just irritating for me because they thought they valued the the partying and the having fun and everything like that. But in reality, it was just it was just like them escaping the reality, their their actual problems, like focusing on their grades, like mm-hmm. picking their college, like figuring out what they need to be doing with their life. You know, when you start when, when you start to get in junior year, you know, stuff really gets real and you really like really have to face that that problem. It's not even a problem. It's just like a reality in life It's just like, what college are you going to go to? Are you going to go to college? What else are you, you know, like start thinking of careers, things like that. And a lot of kids just don't want to face that reality. So they cope it Mm -hmm. with drinking, smoking, vaping, whatever it is. And, you know, it's just, it's unfortunate because if they just face that reality head on, I think they'd be way better off and they would experience failure too, because I think a lot of kids don't experience failure. I think, and I think a lot of parents and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm victim of it too. Like, you know, the appreciation medal or, or the participational medals, the, Hey, good job. Great. You did, you did really well. Like it, there wasn't like any, any chance for kids to experience failure or to eat that failure, that t- taste that failure and realize that it's a growing opportunity and not a setback and, and to develop that growth mindset. And that was all things that I needed to learn, like from other yep. successful people that I really admired. So, okay. Two ways I'll go here. The, we'll go, we'll go with the first way. Um, I agree with everything you said. Very, very uh, uh, observant. And I, I wonder, you know, if you've always cultivated this sense of self-awareness or at, it was it was something that came along with time. But as you were speaking, it just reminds me, I guess, of high school. Like, I forgot that popularity is such a huge value and, like, how you're viewed in the eyes of others is such a huge value. Like, I completely, like, even with my students, like, I walk in, they, they walk in, I'm like, okay, these are just people, right? But that kind of perspective comes from being it's all status social my it's all status that, you know they're all subject to it's all status exactly and so I, i'm wondering because you did e-commerce because you were most likely watching these youtube videos from people who were farther down the path from you older than you did you reach out to any adults to learn from them specifically did you join any programs did you uh get any mentors or did you even just email people and be like yeah Yo, like I had this massive e-commerce question. Yeah. So I would always, um, I I would always go up to my my dad and my mom, like mostly my dad, just because I knew that he was kind of in the finance space and knew kind of these terms, like even if it was just like mortgage or a type of loan or a type of investment strategy, I'd be like, Hey pops, like what, what is he, what is he saying? Or what is she saying here in this video? Can you break it down for me? Uh, like what is a mortgage? What is this? What is that? Um, and he would break it down really easily for me uh, to, to digest and consume and comprehend. Um, and that was really helpful for me. And then my mom told me that her, her cousin was like really big into e-commerce had like a huge e-commerce store. So I reached out to him and he was like, like really, um, open to like, give me tips and, and help me. And, and so I would always be reaching out to him. And then my brother had a friend that was really big into e-commerce and like trading, and I reached out to him and we were, we were talking a, a couple times and it was just like, just asking a question. And I think that's another thing, like so many people, especially when you're young, they're so afraid to ask questions because you have to gain permission to ask a question. What, but in reality, it's just like, just ask the question, you know, like, I think that's a, that's a restriction mm-hmm. that school just kind of put on kids. And now yeah. kids are like afraid to like speak out and, or embarrass themselves with a bad question. You yeah. know, it's just like, 
it's a shame because I think some people really love the fact that you ask questions because it shows curiosity. Yeah. It shows that you are interested and it shows that you look up to them and whatever you're asking a question within. You know, when I asked a question to my brother's friend about e-commerce, I'm sure he, he gained some confidence and, and, and I know he, he gained some confidence because young teenagers ask me questions all the time and I'm like more than happy to help them. I feel great because I'm like, this kid like really admires me and respects me and what I've, you yeah. know, have gained results in and, and uh, have proven to be an expert in or just experience in. And uh, it just makes that other person feel amazing. But the stereotype or the, the, the narrative is like, don't waste that person's time. Don't ask that question. Like try to figure it out on yourself. And that's just, that's just not, that's not how the world works. And it's just, it's, it's hard to go that that route. And a lot of kids try to only go that route because they're so afraid of, of going against kind of the grain. Oh yeah, dude. Like I, I took that all the way to the end. Like I, I, I still have that uh, hesitance and asking questions, bothering people, failing, you know, like I tell my kids all the time, like I was the shining example of what you're supposed to do, you know? And I'm yeah. like, look where, look where I ended up. Like look at all the deficits that I incurred by virtue of doing somebody else's plan, like, like living life according to 100%. someone else's I think there's an strategy, important note right? here because I just realized this too is, uh, yeah. you know, when people say like this matters or do this because it's good yeah. or bad, like based on what and what that what is, is their value system. It's what they value. When I see a guru online say, get up at four in the morning right. and meditate and do this right. and do that and work hard and go to the gym and do that. Yeah, that's all great and all, but that's based on their value system of making a million dollars a month. And I realize, especially with my trip at St. John is like money is not right. all of what's, what's going to make me move forward and, and is what's going to, you know, make me fulfilled. It's building, it's keeping and growing the relationships, friendships and connections that I have. And, you know, and that really, that really was an eye opener for me because I, I've been chasing money for a while now, but I realized that I was just chasing freedom and, and adventure. Then went ahead and, and experienced that freedom and adventure from the hard work that I put in that, that then gave me a lot more motivation and ambition. But, you know, there was a, a solid year and a half where I didn't do that because I didn't reflect on myself and understand why I was making money. And then when I did, and I went ahead and did that thing, it was, uh, it was an eye opener, but you know, it, it's just, that's why it's like really value. It, it's a value system and belief system. That's super yeah, you important. Did a lot. But here's the other thing. I, I'm sorry to go on. Sorry to go on here. But um, a lot of people base their value system around what other people yeah. think and value. And so they try to do that, especially in high school. They try to do the things that they value to try to impress them, to get them to like them. Because they think that they value that connection so much that they're willing to do things that they don't really genuinely enjoy doing just to gain that friendship. Right. And, but in reality, you're not even probably going to have that friendship after high school. I mean, I can tell you right now that I've lost 90%, 99% of the people I've talked to in high school just because they're just going out and doing their own thing. They're going to different colleges. They're, you know, working different jobs. Yeah. But, you know, there are a few, you know, strong friends that will that will, you know, stay in touch with you. But, like... Yeah, I mean, it's just, there's no point in living life based on what other people value and what other people think, because then you're never going to live a life based on your own terms and a lot and a life that you genuinely enjoy. That's what I realized. You know, it's funny. So I completely agree with you. And then the reality I run into as a teacher is like, where is the line between you, you dictate what is valuable to your life, you dictate what's important, and guidance, essentially, right? Because a lot of teenagers 
I asked them, like, what do you want? And they can't answer that question. They give me super vague answers like success, a family, but there are no details, right? And it kind of sounds like they're just regurgitating like your classic answers, which if you had asked me at that age, I would have probably said the same vague answers because nobody was grilling me to really identify what I wanted and why I was here and who I was, right? And so what I'm getting to is like, when you put the mantle of responsibility on teenagers and say, you guys decide what your values are. You decide what, um, what you want to bring more of, uh, more of into the world. It's true. However, for teenagers, it can often sound like, you know, yeah. you don't have to listen to me. Like, like I, I don't, what do I know? You know? And, and it's, it's, I haven't quite figured out how to communicate that. Like, I'm just a, you know, channel of information and a channel of transformation. That's all I'm here for. You do ultimately decide. And, you know, that also means you have to listen to me as I attempt to channel this, right? Because it's kind of like, there's a, a, a girl, she said to me, like, listen, like, I'm going to do what I want to do. You know, I know it's good for me. And if I want to go on my phone, I'm going to go on my phone. If I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, it's like, but I'll decide when. And it's, it's that kind of like contrast or that conflict between I know what's good for me. Yeah, and no, I, I totally I get where you're at because there were so talk, many kids right? in, my, in, in my class um, that would do the same. I think it really, uh, I think it really comes down to what they also believe in, and this comes true. And this would be great because you're, you know, you're in English, and and I loved, I loved writing and reading. However, I didn't love writing and reading for the random historian in yeah. 1860 that wrote a poem about, you know, it just like didn't interest me. But my final paper junior year, our, uh, my English teacher give, gave us the ability to write a paper about anything that we wanted to write about. And I, I chose Bitcoin, uh, like the technology about it. And I was like super interested in about it. And I got that thing done and within two days. And I was asking for advice and revisions. And, you know, I asked her about three to four times. And she was like, Stone, you've never, number one, gotten the papers done at this, this, you know, time speed, but also, you know, reached out wow. this many times, you know, like, this is, this is interesting. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I said to myself, I'm like, this is just something that I genuinely believe in. And then I got, uh, then I, I heard something from sign Simon Sinek, psych. Uh, I forgot his last name, but he said, passion is not the entry point. It's, yeah. it's, or he said, passion is not the input. It's the output. It's very similar to stress. Stress is not the input. It's the output. You don't go out and try to find stress. Stress comes to you. So when you work yeah. hard for something that you don't yeah. believe in, that's called stress. When you work hard for something that you do believe in, that's called passion. And so I really realized that because I was so stressful about English until that point of writing that paper. And I, but I realized that I was just truly believe, believing to have in lost that paper you. and I was working so hard for it. And it gave me fulfillment and passion to go ahead and then pursue it. And then I, that got me so interested in like pursuing my passion rather than trying to find it because everyone has passion everywhere. Mm. Everyone has things that they believe in. If we didn't, then we wouldn't be living. Uh, it, it doesn't matter if you believe in makeup and believe in the sports that you play, the, the, the specific movement that you're trying to get stronger at or whatever the case may be, you believe in something. And it's a practice of pursuing that rather than trying to find something that is just, I mean, kind of made up. So with that Bitcoin paper, I really realized that like, yeah, uh, before that English was very stressful for me, getting my paper done, doing this, reading this thing, having this test, whatever it is, because I didn't really mm -hmm. believe in it until that paper, I truly believed in it. And it was so fun for me. And I then realized that like, I just needed 
pursue my beliefs, my values and ideals in life rather than trying to find them because finding them could be so overwhelming because there's so many options rather than just doing what's what you, you do every single day. If that's social media, great. Let's, let's create more content than we consume. And that's one thing that I realized is like, I was, I was consuming so much content and I, I truly believed in these, these platforms because they were taking my, my attention and I was having a lot of enjoyment and fulfillment. But then also I was like, how can I leverage this or how, to get my message out there to do something that I believe in? And then obviously I had other hobbies that I just then created content around, but it's just a practice of pursuing those, like outlining your ideals, your, 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 your values and beliefs. And one other thing that really helped me now looking back at it is just what irritates you when people do it wrong or don't do it at all, because irritations reveal a passion that you can then pursue. What irritated me was my friends talking about how they were going to waste money. Mm. What irritated me was my, my other friends not knowing how to create content on TikTok or social media and how to leverage these platforms. And so if the teacher not talking about something that they don't enjoy irritates yeah. them. Well, then maybe they should try to talk about anything they want to if for 10 minutes. I don't know. Like, you know, I, I, I just, I don't know, but I'm, I'm trying to like kind of prove a point here to like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> irritations reveal a, a, a passion that you can then pursue. Don't try to find passion, try to pursue it. It's very similar to stress. Yeah. I, that's a, that's a great point. I, that's definitely a novel piece of information I've never heard before. So that's, that's, that's awesome. And you know, that kind of calls into a deeper question to kind of segue here into just the topic of education in general. There's always this conflict between, you know, what people pour like billions of dollars mm -hmm. into um, answering the question of what should kids learn? How should they learn it? What, what, yeah. what do, what is, what as a society do we need to know? Right. And there's no matter how good, how, how, um, I don't know how, how many people agree, uh, to what that is, is always seems to be this disconnect between the kids being like, why do I have to learn this? And the professors and teachers being like, because it's going to make you into a better person. Right. And so I, I am curious, like as someone who's not going to college, as someone who kind of saw high school in a very clear way, right. For kind of what it is, you call it a popularity bubble. Number one, do you believe school is absolutely necessary for the you know, self-driven, enthusiastic teen. And then number two, as an extension of that, if not, what should a teen who wants to make high school um, work for them I think, do or think about? Since we don't really have a, a, a different alternative, I think high school is a great option. I think obviously it could be significantly improved uh, just in terms of the curriculum, but more importantly, the attitude and passion that teachers have. I think, you know, the, the weirdest subjects that I didn't know I was going to like, I loved because of the teacher and, and teachers, they, they, they have this important role because they can make or break a student and they can make or break a subject. You know, like I I'm right now, I'm getting so obsessed with history, yeah. with world <laughs> war two, with Winston Churchill, with, you know, all these things. And looking back at it and my, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm watching some of these documentaries mm -hmm. with my dad and I'm asking some of these questions and he's like, you didn't learn this in school. And I was like, I probably did, but I, it didn't, you know, it didn't drive me. It, it didn't interest me because, you know, the teacher <laughs> didn't say Winston Churchill right. was 
if, if if we if if it wasn't for Winston Churchill, we would be living in a in a significantly different world than we're living in right now. You know, and and, and just like really putting it in perspective, instead of just giving me a worksheet right. or a little picture that I fill in and give my two cents about, like that that you know that's just that's surface level. You know, it, that's what really matters. But but again, I think all those all all the subjects really have a a deeper meaning to them. I think reading and writing have a deeper meaning than just learning the skills of, of reading and writing. It's brain comprehension, it's vocabulary, it's speech. There's a lot of, it's same thing with math, right? It's not just you're learning an equation, you're learning the practice of problem solving. And when you learn the practice of problem solving, literally the sky is the limit. You look at the most successful people, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, they're just solving massive problems. And you look at the, the cashier at your local coffee you know, spot, they're solving a problem it's significantly less important in terms of demand and supply. And so once you understand that, I think, again, but that's something that needs to be outlined and, and uncovered. However, I do think that, uh, and, and one, one YouTuber that I, I really love, me, Kevin, he was running for governor of California, and he, he introduced these things called future schools, which I loved. You know, it was like the first two years you were learning about financial literacy, you were learning about self-awareness, you were learning about growth mindset, and then the next two years you were learning about your specific career and, and, and getting experience with teachers, companies, and people that were doing the thing that you wanted to do, whether it be construction, whether it be, yeah, they're called future schools. Now, obviously he didn't get uh, elected, future schools? so they're, they're not happening, but like, it was just a great, it was a great uh, shift in what I thought was, was definitely needed in the educational system with just like self-awareness, just like, what, mm -hmm. you know, you know, what, what about you is, uh, do you like, yep. what drives you, you know, what doesn't drive you, what, like right. to the core, uh, why do you enjoy a certain thing? You know, a lot of people think they enjoy a certain thing because of surface, like me, like I thought I enjoyed making money, but in reality, I just, I was driving for freedom. I was driving for adventure because those are the two things I, I value. I don't value money. I value freedom and adventure and money is like the byproduct. So it's, it's just little things like that. that I think could really un cover uh, a lot of confusion for a lot of kids. You know, it's it's very cloudy. And I think a lot of kids think linear instead of like wide and, and, and understand kind of different perspectives too. And curiosity, I think is the biggest driver. I've, I've always been curious. And I think that was the biggest thing for my, my success is like, I'm always curious. I, I not only ask what, but I ask the why. And I wanted, even on the St. John trip, like when I would have conversations with people, I would always ask like, you know, where they're from, but like why they decided to come over here, why they, why they decide to take a way more expensive lifestyle at a age where a lot of people are really chasing money. And, you know, you just learn a lot. And I, my grandma always says, he's like, she's like stone, Michael, you were always curious, you know, even just like bacon cakes, bacon cookies, you were always wondering why or why we were folding clothes in a certain way. And once you figured it out, you would move on to that next thing. So I think genuine curiosity can really grow a person. And I wrote that down when I was journaling is like, stay curious, and you will always grow. And I truly believe that when and, and you like a lot of people think and I and myself included, like, think they know everything think I don't need you like, you don't know. But even just the years, like, think about it, like, you've probably been around double the amount of years that some of your students have been around. And, and so just that alone, you have a different perspective that they can learn, or at least just listen to and gain the perspective, which will then enhance their own perspective and thought process on what they think reality truly is.
which I think is important. You know, not everything is right or wrong. Not everything is good or bad. It just is like, stop labeling things as good or bad. Um, because it's, it depends on the person. It depends on their value system. It depends on how they see reality and what they value. Like a lot of people value the Louis Vuitton bag, the Gucci bag, the new shoes, the new clothes, but people just genuinely value having connections, having friendships, having a family that they genuinely enjoy, right. having grandbabies, having, you know, whatever the case may be. Those are two, two significantly different, you know, people. And when you're getting advice from one that is coming from a place of that value system, that can significantly shift your perspective. But when you come at it with like an open mind of like, oh, now I understand and I, I'm empathetic towards that, and I, you know, it, it's, it's crucial. 100% is crucial. And I think it's one of the skills, the soft skills that like, number one, my students yeah. lack. And number two, I don't know how to teach, right? And because uh, they're kind of these things that you find along the way. And I think when, when it comes to school, there's always this object objectivity, like what can we give them that produces objective, measurable results? But it's more often than not, not how, how well you can memorize, not how well you can pump out data, not how well you can analyze, although those are absolutely crucial. More often not than not is like, do you know where you're going? Do you know how to be curious? Do you know how to stay open-minded? Do you know how to be empathetic to those who disagree with you? Like those kinds of things that allow you to operate with other people, those are the kinds of things that push people forward. And so, yeah, I, I you made me remember that like kids are naturally curious. Yeah. It's like not so much a skill to teach as a, as something to bring out. And, and I think, I but I think, but I know I, I, to, I can tell where you're, you're coming from um, because look now looking back at it, um, some of the things that we were, we're talking about can be kind of glazed over for a lot of kids. You know, they're like ah, empathy. Like we don't even know what that means. You know, we, we don't, or just like perspective, like don't even, you know, don't even know. Like, I think one of the best things that you can do to gain perspective is going to the worst city, worst part of your town and, and just look around and, and, and understand what people are really dealing with and, and get a sense of gratitude. I, I think we're, we're really lacking gratitude. Like over 850 million people don't even have access to clean water. And you're complaining about how Susie didn't see your Instagram story. Like, come on now. Um, it's just pathetic. Well, you know, it's interesting. So just to, yeah, like a lot of my students are, uh, black Latino and closer to that lower socioeconomic bracket. And what's funny is like, I think there's, a, they just numb themselves. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think what we, what teachers have commonly told me is like these kids, right. Have parents who are struggling. They're growing up in financially, uh, you know, uh, mm. stressful situations, but they all have amazing iPhones. They all have like uh, a plug directly into escapism, which just numbs their reality. Right. And it's, it's this kind of weird juxtaposition yeah. of like, I'm surrounded by agony in a way. And yet I feel just as like, privileged in a way uh as the other kids simply by simply by proxy just simply by just observing i think constantly i think, uh, on your, I think on the your best phone. question to ask um, in that scenario is yeah. why and I'll, I'll you know i'm on a significant different significant different wealth table than that you know i come from you know come from a very fortunate wealthy family however we significantly downscaled we were in a massive house, massive, you know, great cars, all that, but significantly downscaled. And then I asked why. Yeah. Um, I mean, mm -hmm. before freshman right. year, what, I mean, we uh, had what, a, yeah. a big, you know, I think it was eight or 10,000 square foot home. And now we're at like a 2000. So significant decrease in a different part of town. And 
All I asked was yeah. why. You get the, the the surface level answers. It's to 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 put you in a better spot. It's to so that way you can go go to this school or that school. No, that's not the real reason. You know, it's because someone along the line didn't know about money or their current situation mm-hmm. or how to maximize their current situation or how to gain the most return on what they were doing with their money or whatever the case may be. There was something along the lines that happened to make us go this 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 way um and so i think and now looking back at it and now speaking with a lot of successful entrepreneurs and mentors of mine that come from very very rough lifestyles that was the main question that they asked was why and they came to find that Mm. found that it was, you know, it was because, you know, their parents screwed up or this screwed up or their brother did X, Y, and Z or their sister did X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And that then gave them, again, a different perspective and yeah. kind of got them to acknowledge the fact that they need to, to embrace personal responsibility and but also see that when they truly believe in themselves to do yeah. something, that they can make anything happen. And that was so that was so uh, eye opening for me just when and so that's why I think the biggest thing for motivation is action, because when you get action, you gain results, which then lead to success, which then leads to more action because you want to kind of replicate that. And then that's kind of the motivation. It's a motivational cycle. When you just sit there stagnant, staring at your phone, you don't get any you get you get you get short term dopamine, you don't get long term dopamine, serotonin, that's really going to drive you to then go ahead and do that next thing because you're not getting any meaningful results that really, truly impact you. When I get a DM from a 14-year-old or an 18-year-old or even a 35-year-old that's saying that I significantly shift their perspective on money and now they're making double the amount of income or uh, when I get a a message from one of my team members saying that they're now going out and eating uh, dinner and providing for their family because I have the the ability, you know, now they're working for me. It, that That is the shit that fires me up. Yeah, 100%. Because you add value to the world. You know how you're adding value. Yeah. And that is like the biggest, in a way, um, antidote yeah. to the addiction. I mean, I, I think what the addiction of social, of social media, media is just... Escapism. Co- the biggest rule that I got is just create more than can, you consume. And consuming, now now having that, that St. John trip where I literally couldn't consume anything... Yeah. I really then understood that like consuming content can really put you in this void of just like constant comparing yourself, constant short-term dopamine, constant uh, when you're bored, you're just scrolling. Like never scroll on social media without an intention. When every single time that I scroll on social media, I have an intent to learn something, to gain something, yeah, to yeah. whatever question. it is. Yeah. Like, but people just, they're mm-hmm. bored and they just, like I was telling you before this, this podcast, like nah. I literally... When it, when we were on the the drives in St. John, I would literally just subconsciously go to my s- social media platforms, and then it would be no internet connection. I'd be like, "Wow, it's crazy how many times I just do this every day, just subconsciously. Yeah. I don't even know I'm doing it." And I think that's the power of the subconscious mind. Once you once you start to realize yeah. your subconscious yeah. and your habits and your routines and how crucial those play into your into your life, like I realized that I, every single class I would has I would ha- always had a routine either say something to the teacher or not say something to the teacher, go and walk to my desk and say this, say this to this person or set my back here and this person. Like routines and habits can be really beneficial or very harmful for you. And so I think that's the biggest thing that someone could do to change their life is just evaluate those and make those just one step you know, better. So great that you mentioned that. What kind of role did that 
these subconscious shifting activities play in your life in high school? Were you reading Napoleon Hill, Joe, uh, you know, Joe Dispenza? Like, were you yeah. reading uh, books about finance and uh, building good habits? Like, what kind of were you were you manifestation journaling? Like I have my kids doing that every single day for ten minutes. They're just writing um, in their journal what they, yeah, what they want to I, do. Yeah, I didn't really then. like journal back then. I, yeah, I but, journal but, now. Uh, um, I didn't really journal back then, but I feel like I was journaling kind of in my head. I was manifesting in my head, okay. you know, because I I looking back at like travel hockey, I'd always manifest like making the team, you know, being the best yeah. defenseman, doing this, doing that, and it always worked out. But again, manifestation really comes with action. Like you really. A lot of people, they think they, they could just manifest their way to success, and that's just not going to happen. Right. Uh, manifest, manifestation, in my thinking, really gives you the yeah. vision and the the thought process of how to obtain that, whether it be lifestyle or goal or achievement, whatever it is. It kind of gives you that. It, it, it opens that door. It gives you that sunlight to then say, okay, how do I – and then it gives you kind of the the – opportunity to at least break it down into smaller achievable steps that you can then accomplish to then achieve that. Okay. I want to be, I want to make the hockey team. What do I need to do that? Oh, I, I, I need to, you know, go to practice. I need to go to skating this day and this day I need to go shoot pucks in the garage. I need to do this. I need to do that. And I think it allows you to, to do those things with more drive and more ambition because you see that you see that light at the end of the tunnel instead of just like, going uh, about life with mm -hmm. no goal or no vision. When I was talking to one of my life coaches about this and how to set goals, and he was talking about lead measures and lag measures, and obviously it's a little bit more advanced in setting goals, but I think they're, they play a huge part in, in life. And I don't know if you want to go into that, but back to your question of Dale Carnegie and, and Napoleon Hill and reading them, they just, like, I don't, I'm not too much of a reader, however, I hear so many people that I would admire, like gas up these books. And I was just like, okay, I got to try it. And then when I try it, you just get hooked. You know, again, it goes back to like, when you're doing yeah. something that you believe in, that's passion. And when I realized that like, oh, this is stuff that I truly believe in. Like this guy's telling, this guy's saying the exact same things I believe in. Like, hell yeah. What, what else does he have to say? That was an eye opener yeah. for me, for sure. The, the crux of the matter is that as long as the person is kind of expressing the inner desires yeah. of your heart, then it captivates you and it lights a fire in you and pushes you forward. The methodology or the, the medium doesn't really matter if it's a book, if it's a YouTube video, if it's a TikTok 100%. video, as long as it does that, as long as it does that. I, want, I have three, I have two, like, uh, like three quality questions. And the first one is, is this, um, for, for a teen who wants to start their life, their dream life now, right? They want to start making action and shifts happen right now while they're in high school. What are three things mm. they need? They can be qualities, they can be, you know, resources, they can be uh, skills, but what are um, like, three things? Well, I think it's, it's a sense of a direction. So uh, goals, a path, okay. some sort of path, like, but again, to develop those goals, you need to understand yourself and your self-awareness. Like you need to under, cause you want to base those goals around things that you value. You don't want to base them around what some someone else's value or else the, those goals aren't going to be meaningful for you. So then in that sense, it's like self-awareness to like understand your values, beliefs, ideals, like what, what, like your life ideals, and then set goals around that. And then you just start one step at a time. You, you, you figure out how you can achieve those goals. It's very similar to the gym. Like if you want to become stronger in the gym, if you want to hit 225 on bench, and you really want to do that because it's, you know, it's based around being able to lift 
the boxes for your dad when you work with them or whatever. Like, I don't know. You will be able to do that and you will you will be able to figure it out. And if you have a phone, you have a computer, <laughs> start by asking a question. How do you bench uh, 225? How do you make X amount of dollars? How do you achieve financial freedom? How do you own a piece of real estate? How do you, whatever it is, like, how do you get a good, I don't know, get a relationship or whatever the case may be. I think that's important. And so that's like the, the third thing. So yeah. first one is like probably self-awareness. Second one's like goals and a plan. Third one's probably learning. And there's four ways of learning. There's reading, writing, doing, and listening. And I, I remember doing all four of those. I would read, I would write, I'd write scripts. I would write blogs. I would write, yeah, because I mean, for my e-commerce stores, even that, like SEO, you know, like so, so oh, really? blogs. And then I would journal sometimes too. I'm always listening, so audiobooks and and YouTube videos, yeah, but also listening to others, listening to my dad, listening to my my mom's cousin, my brother's friend. Uh, then now I have so many people around me where I'm constantly listening, and there's a reason why you have two ears and one mouth. So. You know, listen more than you than you do speak. You don't. You, I, I especially going to to see Jordan Peterson talk. He said, "There's a lot that you don't know. There's a lot that you don't know, and a lot that you think you know isn't true, or something along those lines." And just hearing someone of that magnitude speak at the vocabulary that he speaks at and the articulation <laughs> really opens your mind to that that concept. And then the last one is doing. I think the best oh, yeah. way to, to oh, learn yeah. is by doing something. <laughs> and so many people are afraid to, to, to do something because, you know, they're going to suck at it. Yeah. But like I just said, like, you need to suck at something to be good at it. And one of my sales coaches said this. He's like, if you want to become a better salesman, get on 500 calls and get 500 no's. So that way it's just all upside. And you have all of those to, to reflect on and understand yep. what to do better. So that's the biggest thing. And then, you know, again, that just on a broad that standpoint, I think anyone could do that and just fill in the blanks of with whatever that niche or passion or interest is, whether it be fishing, gym, uh, makeup, uh, fashion, lifestyle, like, I don't, I don't know, like whatever you, gen whatever lights up your fire. So funny you mentioned the gym as like, I think the gym is like the absolute 100%. metaphor for self-improvement. It always comes down to the simplicity of like, like you can represent consistently. Are you getting in five days a week? You can, you can represent like the, the tear of the muscles as like the kind of things you have to let go of, the pain you have to go through, right? It's like such a brilliant metaphor. And that's honestly why I see so many men and women balance their I'm, like careers and I think it's also with it's the honesty that comes along with it like, like when you look yourself in the, in the mirror morning, and you're fat you know yeah. exactly why you're fat you're not going to the gym yeah. you're not eating well like exactly. there's no there's no bs around it and i think back to what we were saying earlier <laughs> right. is like there's a lot of bs in this world a lot of parents put a lot of bs on their children saying that they're good at something when they're in reality not or when they won when they got eighth place you did not win so Dude. um yeah, that's so funny you say that. Yeah, I, I, I have I've said the word bullshit so many times in my class. And I am like, almost like waiting for, you know, a parent to email me and be like, listen, like, you're telling my kids things that are like challenging me or like changing. That's not how we do this in our house, you know, and it's kind of like the reality is, for most people who grow up in this world, your parents are going to play that role of your biggest supporters and your biggest enemy. Because when you change and you step out of the comfort zone of your parents, you fundamentally challenge their sense of self yeah. and challenge everything that they've been hiding in the back of their consciousness, right? 
a common refrain I hear is like, dad, why would you tell me to follow my dreams if you have not followed your dreams? And so it shows up where like when the kid finally decides to do the risky things necessary to make their dream happen, the father is unconsciously sabotaging the kid at every turn, you know, like just spewing his own doubt, spewing his own fear, or also being like, no, I'm not going to give you money for that venture, or I'm not going to, you know, support you if you, if you say or do this, like, it's the weirdest thing. I think it's the same with people grow up, you know, loving you and and, and caring for you. But, um, in that regard, I'm wondering, were there any kind of, you know, you mentioned, I think your grandma, um, was like super disappointed that you didn't go to college. Like, were there any, you know, so many. I mean, that's just from like you, you know. So um, I think the biggest one was was my mom. <laughs> she she grew up, you know, from like the go to college, get the secure job, and you know, I here's the other thing. When I when I had a deep conversation with them my junior year, and I had a conversation with them, and they said, you know, stop this e-commerce thing, focus on grades. I said, I like. School is not the thing that I love. It's not the thing that I want to do. I don't want to go to college. I don't want to work a nine to five job. I want to do what I want to do. I don't want to, you know, like, and they were like, that's fine, but you still need to go to college. And I asked why I asked, why do you want me to go to college? Why do you want me to do all these things? Why? Like, why? And they said, cause we want, we want to make sure that you're secure. We want to make sure that you have a secure living, you have a secure path. And it made sense. And right then and there, I gained empathy for that. And I said, that totally makes sense. If I was a parent, I would want my kid to, you know, have money to provide for them fair for their family, uh, do what they love doing and just be okay in life, you know, yeah. not, not be a slug that has no money and might be homeless. And just like, I totally get it. I gained empathy. And so right then and there, I knew that they valued money and they, that was kind of like their, their measurement. And so I was like, okay, not only do I have to gain that, but I also want to try to do it along something that, I love. And again, I just looked that up. How do you make money while doing something you love? Like, it's not common sense here. I, I, I mean, it's not, it's not rocket science here. It's common sense. Like, just, ro- just look up whatever you need the answer to. And now with chat GPT, I mean, you could get like literally That's any so answer. Um, but more importantly, you have to yeah. do the thing. Like a lot of people just, again, analysis paralysis, yeah. they get in this state of just constantly consuming information. But yeah, that was, that was huge. And, but she, I also realized that like, she wanted it because, and this is, this is especially true with a lot of parents, like they want it to then go to tell their parents like, Hey, Oh, my son goes to this school. It's a status symbol. And you know, like you have to be okay with going against the grain and doing things that you truly value and that you truly love and not doing something for someone else because they value it. And that was, that was so, that was so true. And and when I realized that with my parents, mm-hmm. I realized I was doing it with my friends by, you know, acting a certain way that they wanted me to act doing something certain way because they, they liked it or they gained humor from it or whatever. It was just, it wasn't me. And same thing with, with the colleges. Like it wasn't me. I, I, I didn't like a curriculum. I didn't like to be sat in a certain situation and be told what to do. Like I just, I didn't enjoy that. But obviously there are positives to school that I didn't really, I didn't really see because the negatives really covered that up. And then until, you know, until I, I'm not experiencing that anymore, I look back and I'm like, okay, these are the positives of school. These are kind of the negatives and they're very clear, but you don't know that when you're in it. And that might be true for, I don't know, I've never experienced it, but maybe prison too. Like I'm sure there's, there's really bad things with prison, but there's also pretty good things. You know, I, I know a lot of people 
they they come out of prison and they're they're reading a lot more. They're way in oh, way man. more shape. They you know got introduced with so and so who taught them this life lesson yeah. that resonated with them on this this this. Um, so it's very similar, you know. So yeah, I mean, and and especially now, a lot of friends like in the beginning they would be jealous of me because I feel like that I was you know trying to pop that popularity bubble and they were jealous of me and they were you know like even at even at hangouts or parties you know I'm talking with someone. Yeah. People would come up and be like, oh, what are you guys talking about? Stocks? Because I was talking about stocks in my content. It, that comes out of sense of like ego or, you know, arrogant. And it's just like you could really tell when people are yeah. screwing around with you or like genuinely 100%. like just yeah. hatred. And with that, you have to be empathetic and compassionate about and say, okay, for you to come over here and, yeah. and spread negativity on me or to make this joke that you think is funny to you, but actually is just kind of douchey on you know anyone can agree that that's like a douchey statement there's something wrong with you internally which i have to accept and i have to really be okay with and maybe even flip that switch to help you and that's what i've what i've learned with social media because you get so many people saying oh this this is wrong this and that and it's like uh, those are the exact people that you, exactly. you need not only exactly. to engage your videos uh to to to, to do well but that you need to impact too. When I, when I get kids all the time saying, bro, just live life, have fun. You don't need to, you know, read for 15 minutes a day, like 15 minutes a day, dudes. Like, seriously, you can't read 15 minutes a day and you're, you're covering it with up with a fun excuse. Yeah. Can we just, can we just hop on that real fast? That exact mentality, I think is something that is at a baseline or default for a lot of high schoolers. Like, bro, I'm young. I want to experience my youth. I want to fuck around. Um, You've gotten that criticism numerous times. And I think you've probably responded like, you know, you're classic, you're good, right? Um, But in in instances where you've wanted to switch that mindset, like, you know, grab someone from the depths of their apathy and pull them out. Like, what are some things that have 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 cut through and 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 help yeah because setting the record um, straight for you you don't have time in my classroom to Um, it's just priorities. And so when you scrolling on social media is a bigger priority than you living the dream life that you want to live or learning more about the athlete that you look up to or the entrepreneur that you look up to or the author or the musician that you look up to. Like when you put it in that sense, people are like, oh, no, you're right. Like I could I could probably read for 15 minutes. You know, it's, and I say this with, with 45 and 50 year olds too, like that I coach (laughs) on social media. They're like, I don't have time to edit a video, create a video. I'm like, uh, you have the time. It's just priorities. And obviously this isn't a big enough priority for you. Why? And they're like, oh, because you know, I, I have more leads and more business coming off from other ventures. I was like, okay, so you need a more meaningful purpose. This isn't just about business and leads. This is about impacting the 42 year old in Arkansas that needs your information and knowledge. This is about changing the person's life in Florida. That's 28. And that is significantly abusive or an alcoholic or this and that. And all they need is just your one video to change your life. And when you put it in that perspective, that, that, that then becomes a significantly higher priority for them. And that was a, it was a huge priority for me. I mean, I would batch all my videos on, on a Sunday while hearing all my, all my, you know, brothers and family having so much fun in the room next to, next to me watching football, but impacting teenagers and young adults and giving them and documenting my journey and giving them the, the knowledge that I had was yeah. a bigger priority than 
screwing around and watching football. Same thing with video games. It was a bigger priority than, than, than wasting time on video games because I really realized I was getting all these achievements and I was doing really good at Fortnite and all this and that. And then I looked at it and I'm like, but it doesn't really matter, does it? It doesn't. It's just a waste of time. And yeah. I was like, I got to yeah. do something that really matters. And But, however, I was streaming and I was making videos when I was doing uh, gaming. But that just goes to show you that I was always, like, trying new things. I was always trying to figure out how I could maybe monetize my passion. And that's just what you got to do. And now with the internet, we now live in an attention economy and just in, a, in an economy that – gives you the ability to literally do anything that you love doing in life and make a living out of it. I, 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 I help people with that. Um, the fact that I can coach someone that has 100%. 30 or 50,000 followers on TikTok, which is not a lot. I mean, you could post consistently every single day for six months to a year and you'll get there. It's a matter of when, not if, especially with these platforms. But when I coach with someone that has 30,000 followers and that is living a van life and is making more doing that van life with brand deals, sponsorships, and creating their own business than they would being an engineer, that's, that's impactful. And they don't even want to be an engineer. Now, some people do want to be an engineer, mm -hmm. you know, and that's amazing. But it's, again, perspective and, and keeping an open mind and being curious and understanding, can I make money while doing this? Or how or why does that person make money doing that? How does this video game streamer make that much mm -hmm. money playing video games? And and being curious about that, I think, is is so crucial. I forgot what the the question was, but yeah. No, that 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 answered it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that, that answered it. Because, like, as an extension, then, like, I don't know. I I often find that. Well, let me. I guess I'll phrase it in the question. Um, TikTok and social media in general yeah. is all about knowing your pain points of the audience, right? And that is how you cut through the the noise. What are the pain points of teenagers who are reluctant to be mm. self-aware, empathic, curious, to strive after something? I don't know about their deep desires their and wants, desires but I do know, that, and this is just speaking you know, for myself back, now looking back at it, I think a big pain point was self-love. I didn't really love myself. And I was covering it up, you know, by judgment. I think judgment comes from insecurity. So I was constantly yeah. judging other people. And I constantly had insecurities of how I looked, what this person thought of me, how I can make this person like me, whatever the case may be. Self-love, definitely. Being accepted or at least give, getting attention, you know, like, and that goes again with the self-love of like feeling the need of attention, you know, like I, I, I saw this one clip of like, someone talking about how mm -hmm. bullying is Being not sick. as bad as it was 10 years ago. If a kid now gets bullied, it's like actually a change up because they're getting attention, right? Like we now live in an attention economy. Some kids don't even get any attention. Some kids don't even have friends. Some kids don't even have, they don't even get picked on because some kids, some, the, the bullies don't even bother giving that, right. that person that attention. You know, they'll post a, they'll post something on it on social media and it'll get five likes. Oh, yeah, and then this girl yeah. or this guy posts something and it gets a thousand likes and that they, they then compare themselves to. And that's, I think the, the second problem is comparing yeah. themselves. You're comparing the cover of someone's book to mm -hmm the 256th page of your book. Like you don't even know what's in their book. You don't even know, you don't even know what's under in, in, in their skin. And a lot of yeah. people, and I know a lot of successful people that hate what they do. 
yeah. that hate what they're, I mean, I know a lot of people in the social media space that just like they, yeah. they, they yep. strive for vanity metrics, Almost they strive for, for yeah. money. <laughs> and, but in reality, they just hate what they do. Right. So I think those right. are the two biggest pain points that I had at least. And I think a lot of people might have, and then maybe the third one is lack of direction, like lack of direction. They, they, like, I didn't know what to do. Like, I think, and that's, what's good about schools that it like gives you direction. And I think that's why a lot of people go to college because they don't know what else to do is because it's just a sense of direction. It's like that next step. That's like, they don't have to think about what they need to mm -hmm. choose. It's just an, it's just like the next train that you need to hop on instead of trying to find uh, the train that you want to hop on yeah. when there's 10,000 different trains for 10,000 different avenues, it could be overwhelming. And so again, I think it's when you just break it down and you just take a step back and you actually think about it. I don't think a lot of teenagers, yeah. at least myself too, like don't think, they don't just step away and think, think what they want, think what they like. And that was one thing I did though, when I, when I cut off all my friends, during this, during the pandemic, cut off all my friends, I, I deleted all my social, I sat in my chair, and I literally just just sat there, complete silence. And I journaled the things that I liked, the things I didn't like the things, the people that I liked, the people that I didn't like, what I genuinely love doing, and what I would do for free, and what I didn't like doing, and what I wouldn't yeah. do, even if I was paid to do it. And that just again, I, I just unloaded it. And I told myself that mm -hmm. no one was going to see this. So it gave me the absolute freedom to just go ham and, and express all my secrets, yeah. express all my insecurities, yeah. what I felt towards this person, what I felt towards that person, why I was striving to make this connection work with this person, yeah. but they weren't giving me the same attention back. Like all that, all that shit. I was really, I just sat down and thought, you just need to think, step back and think instead of just scrolling through social media and letting and, and, and scrolling through life, control your life. And is super important. Yeah, dude, I, I'm, I'm laughing at myself, you know, because I just, as you talk more and more, I, I am wondering like where this, for, for all intents and purposes, advanced self-awareness comes from. And it kind of sounds like it was almost this like emergent property of you just thinking differently. And if I were to like categorize it in some way, it kind of sounds like you have a natural yeah. curiosity that leads you to things. And then that leads you to more things and it just constantly opens you up. But I think if I were really dig into it, what I'm noticing an absence of, which I think plagues a lot of other teenagers and me and a lot of other adults as well, is like, you know, crippling self-doubt and a lot of overthinking. I I'm not sure exactly how to describe it, but almost just like, almost just like deep desire to, to sabotage every, everything, right? Like this desire to like just ruin everything. 100%. Like, Oh yeah. So the, so the, so, I want to talk about this. This is an amazing point. That I, 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 I thank you yeah, for bringing okay. up the self doubt and, and going to the loving yourself. You know, so many kids don't love themselves. They, they, they focus on the, the, the shitty things about themselves. Um, and the negative yeah. thoughts, like if you have negative thoughts, if you don't love yourself, it's because someone else is, are, is putting those thoughts in your, in your mind is it, or, or it could just be something else. It could be uh, the social media mm -hmm. content you're constantly consuming. Like you can, like you could, by the way, you can yeah. curate these, these algorithms and these, these feeds to benefit you. I don't know about your guys's feeds, but my feed is positivity yeah. is sunshine is amazing. Life is motivation is just loving content. And then I look at someone else's feed and it's just like thirst traps it's like right. pranks and like people making fun of people and it's like that might be funny but like it does play a role in 
your mind yeah. and, and what you say to yourself. And I got this from Tom Bilyeu, and that is uh, what really truly matters is what you tell yourself and what you think when you're by yourself, because that's what matters. I mean, everything else is just it's surface level. And my dad also said this. He's like, because I live in Scottsdale, he said, Stone, like, there's a lot of there's a lot of bullshitters in this town. There's a lot of people that will drive a Ferrari with with the hot ass wife or the girlfriend, but you don't know that that girlfriend is a drug addict. A drug addict. You don't know that guy yeah. is bankrupt, low key. So don't get you know that twisted with the, the image twisted. A lot of people have their own problems, and they they have problems that they're dealing with. They might be the same or or different than yours. You just need to, you know, self-awareness, I think is, is important and the self-love and the self-doubt. I've uh, 100% had it. Uh, I still have it, but I've, I've learned to embrace it and I've learned to evaluate it and where it came from, which is yeah. so important. Like, oh, I know where this came from. It came from this. So what I need to do is I need to X that out or at least just an hour a day, X that out and, and bring in an hour of positivity. I got this from Gary Vee. One thing that you can really do to significantly change your life is just X out one hour of negativity and bring in one hour of positivity. That's one thing that anyone could do. And it That's will, good, it will yeah. just change your attitude because your attitude is a ref direct reflection of your thoughts and vice yeah. versa. Like your thoughts is a direct reflection of your attitude. And yeah. I, I like to look at life as this cycle. So like your environment creates your thoughts, your thoughts create your behavior, and then your behavior creates your environment. So if you want to change any of those, you probably need to change your environment. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that way you can change your thoughts and you can change your behavior and then you can change your environment and there's kind of this 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 uh, this cycle. And that's what happened. Like I X'd out all those friends. I really honed in on myself. I honed in on that all that that education. And man, yeah, my thinking really started to change. Yeah. My behavior really started to change. And my environment yeah. now is significantly different. I'm surrounded by six, seven, eight figure entrepreneurs right. that are grinding, that are, you know, happy, that are positive, that are yeah. constantly checking into me, that are constantly uh, helping me and with nothing in return. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. And never would I have thought my junior year that was super depressive and quite honestly, like, kind of suicidal, it would have thought that I would get to this point. However, I think some kids, it's unfortunately, but I think unfortunately, some kids need to get to that point, they need to get their back against the wall to understand that the only way and the only move is forward. And for me, that was the case. And for a lot of my a lot yeah. of people that I've helped, that was the case too. Uh, it's like you can't you can't help someone that that doesn't want the help, you know, right, right. And, and when you're in a position as a teacher where your job is to help yeah. a diverse set of socioeconomic statuses, of belief systems, culture, emotional uh, states, like I, I, I'm, I have a central question that we don't have to talk about, but like for me, I'm like, what is public school exactly? Like what, is that, what function exactly is this serving? And, and the more I work in it as a teacher, the more I begin to realize that I think it's actually serving the function of just being a daycare. Like it truly, I still think there's, we will all believe in the idea that like a standardized yeah. system can serve the needs of 300 million people. But yeah. And so I'll give, I'll give the system time to evolve and, and maybe, you know, come become that, but it really just seems like consciously co collectively, we consciously understand this, that we're just, we're just here, you know, we're here to do something. And that's, we're not, we're not exactly here to change lives to better people. Like we're mostly here to just yeah. I think the macro of it, you know, and, and micro is like the certain teacher is like the you know like I know certain teachers that really played a huge factor in my life that 
you know, then gave me the ability to be curious and think outside the box. But yeah. I think the macro of it is really just the, like you said, like the daycare, like, but a productive yeah. daycare to keep the engine running, keep the system running, keep the economy running, keeping the life of, of people living running. Yeah. But you know, a lot of people, they right. live life in this cycle from Monday through Friday is dreadful. And then it's the weekend, you know, like yeah. now that I don't have school, the, the days are like significantly right. irrelevant. It's like my Sunday is still my, fr my, my Tuesday and my <laughs> Wednesday is my Friday. Like it's, it's crazy. And, right. um, and there's this, right. this yeah. massive narratives, especially when sports come into play too. It's like Thursday is like, Oh, Thursday night football. Sunday is like amazing. It's like Sunday. It's crazy. It's like only if people had that same enjoyment and that fulfillment on any day. Any day, yeah, and it it sets it sets you up for the five, nine yeah. to five Monday through Friday, fuck around on the weekends. Like it's like literally, I'm 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 going to explore more like my content, the actual root of you know the the educational industrial complex of like why there's such a pipeline from like being a little worker bee um, to being a big worker bee. But I think to wrap up things up a little bit, like I, I want to ask you, you know. It's no secret that public education is at best, like, as you said, a productive daycare. For kids who understand this intimately, because all of them do, if they wanted to explore an alternate path that wouldn't be too chaotic, right? Because as you said earlier, if you just ditch college completely, that might ruin a chance for you, right? If you, if you do end up wanting to do it. So it's like, what are some suggestions of like a strategy that kids could employ right now um, this is a great question. I think there's so many. So one, pick up a pick up a, a course or a program on the internet. It could be YouTube. It could be Udemy. It could be Teachable. It could be Skillshare. There's so many different platforms out there that'll give you the the kind of system and the process to learn more about something yeah. that you really love. Another way, which I'm a big proponent on, and I tell teenagers and young adults that come to me all the time to do this, and even my brother, and he's now living his dream life, is and he didn't go to college either. He did this exact same thing is figure out who's living your ideal life and it, like a life that j you genuinely want to live and then go to them and say, I really love what you're doing. I want to work for you for free uh, for the next 90 days or however many so days just to gain knowledge and connections. I don't want anything in return. And majority of the case, they'll pay you. And this yeah. is exactly what might happen to my brother. He was working a construction job. He was doing online school. Yeah. He hated it. And we had a really deep conversation. And he said, what I, I said, what do you want to do? What yeah. do you love doing? He said, working out. He loves the gym. Uh, we come from a pretty athletic family. And he's, yeah, he's about a year and a half older than me. Um, yeah. And he he's like, you? I love doing this, love doing that. I go, what do you want? Like, what's yeah. your end goal? He's like, I want to own a gym. I was like, okay, we know a couple people that own a gym. We know my, my dad's trainer. We, uh, our, our linebacker coach owned a train, uh, owned a gym. Yeah. I said, why don't you go to coach Rob, the, our linebacker coach yeah. and, and just talk to him and, and, and go work for him for free for 90 days. Just drop, drop this construction job, uh, or, or at least do less of it and go work for him for 90 days for free. Don't get, you don't need money. Okay. Cause money you'll get later on chase knowledge and connections. Cause those are, those are the two things that'll help you get in this industry and will help you get to that goal of owning a gym. And he went up to him and coach Rob was just amazed by his interest and said, come by, uh, tomorrow morning. 
and, and, you know, you could possibly intern for us. And he ended up interning for like six months, then got a, a, a job there. Now he's a personal trainer. He's been there for about three to four years. You know, it's, it's just amazing. And now he's doing social media content for them. He's adding value. He's earning a lot more money. Uh, and that's what he's doing full time. And he just yeah. loves it. Every single time he goes to the gym, I mean, every single time he yeah. comes home, I'm like, how's work? He's like, amazing. It's always amazing. There's never one day that is not amazing. And it's just, that's just fantastic. So go work for someone that's living your ideal life for free. There's so many circumstances that you can do this in. You can do this in real estate. You can do this in construction. You can do this in social media management. You can do this in, uh, as an entrepreneur, you can even do this in, I mean, any field. Just, you know, and if you don't know anyone, go reach out to them online. You know, there's so many people online and you'd be, you'd be surprised how many people would, would reach out. Uh, I mean, uh, would respond to you just at least try. That's another kind of way that people yeah. can pick a different avenue. And then there's trade school. There's all those different, you know, other avenues, but man, if I had to restart and this was something that I was actually planning on doing was getting my real estate license, going to open houses and just learning from these real estate agents, asking them questions and maybe potentially even doing work with them. Because one of one YouTuber that I really love and admire yeah. Graham Stephan, which all of you should, we should watch. He, um, that's exactly what he did. Mm -hmm. And he became a realtor in Beverly Hills. And he, you know, was a big top dog realtor. He became a millionaire by 25 and started his YouTube channel. And that's what he's doing now. And he's making a couple million dollars a year. It's amazing. But I will say this, you being on this call with me and, yeah. and just yeah. learning from me, or at least listening to me and listening to my perspective and, and, and listening to how you can improve your skill set and your delivery. If I was in high school and I saw my teacher do that, it would be an eye opener for me for sure. That would that would at least give my I would give my teacher a lot more respect for that because a lot of teachers aren't willing to do that. And I really respect that, you know, because a lot of teachers yeah. aren't like I said, aren't willing to do that. And from a kid's perspective, seeing a teacher that is that is willing to listen to a kid that is, I don't know, potentially living similar struggles and problems that they're struggling with and listening to that and then going out of your way to hone in your delivery and your information towards them to benefit them, I think at least just gives them perspective that you genuinely care. And I think that's one thing that kids, I think, don't yeah. think about is or, or they do think about they they constantly think about is like, I don't think this this teacher genuinely cares about this because they're just handing us worksheets. They're giving us deadlines with this and they go on their phone or they go on their computer while we're right. filling out this little paper right. and you get this sense of like this, this person doesn't genuinely care. So why should I care? And I get that. I so get that. But you know, it's really refreshing seeing just this and you hearing me, uh, me hearing you say, uh, talk about some of the things like assets versus liabilities and some of the crucial things that they, they, they need to hear. Maybe they don't want to hear it at the moment, but they need to hear it. I mean, there's two things that are guaranteed in life, taxes and death. There's a reason why it's taxes. Taxes have to do with yeah. money. So you need to learn about money because money controls your life. And <laughs> yeah, so right. that's just one thing right. that I think needs to be in, in, incorporated more in the educational system. But you know, that's a whole, I could talk about that for a whole day, but I, I just want to, I, I really wanted to say like, I, I have a lot, a lot of respect for you. And if I was a kid, I would Great. definitely have a lot more respect. Appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> that warms my heart. Honestly. Yeah. It, it, uh, it really makes me like even more enthusiastic about kind of stepping into this role. Um, cause I, nothing against teachers. My, my parents are teachers, you know? So, um, but what I do notice is that 
just like in being a parent where most of what your child learns comes from what you do rather than what you say, I think there's this interesting disconnect between why do I have to listen to a person who like, you know, eats crappy food on their lunch break, like is kind of depressed, like goes home, watches TV all day, and then comes back to school and like tells me about history. Like what evidence do I have in front of me that there is a value add here, right? And when I really look at teachers, like I, I've been watching Jubilee videos, there are like different videos on, on, on um, you know, YouTube about like just teachers. And when I look at them, you know, like my immediate gut reaction is not like inspiration, right? And then when I listen to them, I'm like, well, these are intellectual, very driven, compassionate individuals and, right? And they seem kind of lost. They seem, they don't seem like they're living their best lives. Right. And so you basically said like, you know, through my actions, I'm going to be exemplifying the care, but I also hope I also exemplify that I am trying to do this too. Like I am fully invested in living the maximally amount of joy I can live from this life. Right. And it's best, it's the best yeah, way to I inspire wonder, people I wonder, is by doing. That's one thing I realized is because like, I, oh. I was so irritated with my friends not doing X, Y, and Z. And I was trying to, cause I knew that they were doing things that weren't, they were going to regret. And the only avenue for me was just to just, and, and this was key to one of my mentors. He's like, you can't, you can't force that. You can't teach someone that doesn't want to be taught. You got to just inspire them by doing it and by seeing it. It's very similar yeah. to the gym. <laughs> like I go back to the gym, but when someone looks good, yeah. that's right. when you start asking questions, but you don't right. ask questions yeah. when they not, when they don't look good yeah. and they're constantly in the gym five days a week. You're not asking questions then. You ask them when they get the six pack, and you're like, "Whoa, how'd you get that?" So, and and, and this goes for maybe some of the the the, the kids in your class that mm -hmm. are doing something that they love and that are ambition uh, ambitious. They might have irritation seeing their friends like like me not not ambitious and and not doing the things that are beneficial. And the key thing is just by inspire by doing. Don't you know because. If you go out and you, you start telling people what to do or you start kind of pushing them a certain way, they're going to they're going to hold that against you and they're going to they're not going to like that. So that, that was a huge lesson for me. And it's crucial. And it's when you're on the social media game, it's essential, right? Because like nobody's going to trust yeah. you if you didn't actually build two accounts to like, you know, several hundred thousand followers. Like it's, you have to have the evidence. And for, for, for anything for that matter, if you're trying to sell something online, like testimonials, like pieces of evidence that exemplify without a doubt that you've achieved what you've achieved, yep. like that's the only way you become an online teacher, an online coach. So yeah, dude, I have learned a ton. I'm so grateful that <laughs> we did this. And, you know, um, I just want to, mm -hmm. I guess there's a very, very last question just so we can give like a tangible reach for, for you know, kids or anyone else listening, like in, uh, in dollars, like from 17 to now, like if you were to categorize every yeah. year, how did so, you, how did you uh, jump? 17, so know, like, you know, anything is Okay, possible. so I started uh, when I was 16. I started in e-commerce when I was 16, and I, I didn't make any money. Literally made zero money. Okay. I would make money, 16. but then pour it back into my businesses. So at the end of it, I, I actually lost uh, some money. I know I, asked, I lost a couple thousand. But then I started learning about personal finance, started creating content. And then that's when I got a job, a uh, minimum wage job. And throughout that entire process, until I started my agency, I made probably like 10,000 just from that job and like a brand deal here, to, here or there. And then when I started my agency in August of 2021 to that end year, I made probably 20 or 30,000. It's things really started to ramp up 
towards the end there. And I told myself I wouldn't quit my minimum wage job until I could make my minimum wage job monthly paycheck in a day from my business because I was all about security. And then when that happened, when I made about $1,000 in one day, yeah. I, I quit that job yeah. and started doing that. And then 2022, since I'm super transparent about my income, twenty that the whole year of 2022, I made about 170,000 in gross revenue, but after expenses and everything, I made about 120. And okay. then now, yeah, I mean, it's it's about the same rate. So if mm -hmm. you, again, like it's it's about $10,000 a month, but I mean, it's not consistent. You know, there's some months that I'm making $2,000 and there's some months where I'm making 40,000. Uh, it's just the, it's, it's the name of this game, but there are a lot of games out there right. that are very consistent. You know, I, I, I looked at that at first and I was like, oh, this is, this is not sustainable, but it is sustainable. It's just not consistent. And that, you know, that's very similar to like actors. It's very similar to yeah. like musicians. Like if you don't go out and go tour, like you ain't going to make money or make new songs. It's like same with content creation. Like if you're not going to create content or, <laughs> or, you know, sign new clients, close new clients, like you're just not going to make money. So there's some days where you, you take or some months where you take off um, right. and there's other months where you go 10 times harder and you you make quadruple 10 times the money. But yeah, it was interesting now looking back at it because like when I started, I kind of was in this like time frame to like convince my parents I didn't need to go to college in the span of like a year and a half. And then I actually make it happen. It's, it's pretty cool. But you know, I think it really made, it really happened because there was a point in time where I didn't really focus on it. It kind of like went away and I focused on like things I was really passionate about things that like I really cared about really believed in and I genuinely wanted to help people with and then that it was funny because that then in return you know helped me instead of chasing the money I think yeah. the biggest biggest thing is because I chased money right. in the beginning and then realized that money comes and goes but what doesn't is knowledge and connections and skills which goes along with knowledge but knowledge and connections are the two things that will mm -hmm. make you money forever so I truly mm -hmm. believe from ages like 18 to 30, those are the two things that you should be prioritizing that money. Yeah, agreed. And you know, that that's, that's going to be a huge part of like my kind yeah. of going forward. Like what are the 30, what are the twenties for? What, are, what, are, what, what is that like actually for, right? Cause it's like for certain modes of thought it's well, it's to travel, it's to make mistakes, it's to, it's to, it's to figure yeah. things out. And the other mode of thought is just to build, it's to, it's to prepare. Right. So, but I also have another question of like, not not for this discussion, but like in general, like if we did rites of passage, if we did this kind of like exploration and doing and learning from very young age, rather than like at seven years old, you start the process of numbing yourself for eight hours a day, receiving information you don't see value in. Like, I wonder if that process would occur even earlier. Like there are societies all over the world that do these kinds of rites of initiation at 11, 12, 13, you know, and then you mature at such a fast yeah. rate. So, but a question for another podcast, I assume, because Tony, this is great, man. Um, I'm really glad we did this. I think it's a huge value add for anybody who's listening in your audience, my audience. Um, yeah, of kids. course. Thank you for, and, um, for having me on and yeah, thank dude, you for having really this conversation you. with me. If any of your students or kids or audience wants to reach out to me, it's Stone Fredrickson on all socials or Coach Stone on, on TikTok as well. I have two accounts on TikTok. Or you can shoot me an email, stonefredrickson59 at gmail.com. Like, I want to be an open book, open resource for your audience and your your students because these are the people that I really genuinely want to help for free. Oh, yeah. If, if at least one of them email you and ask you Same the here. question, I'll, I'll, I'll consider my The main job goal of this is just to completed. <laughs> maybe impact and resonate with one That's kid. Awesome. awesome, dude. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Cool, man. Appreciate it.